For many, yoga is a spiritual practice that involves self-reflection and relaxation. But for Anne Hamilton-Byrne, yoga emerged as her primary vehicle to amass followers. Operating as a yoga teacher in Australia, Anne recruited wealthy professionals into her own brand of New Age spiritualism, which she called the family. The family believed they are preparing for the apocalypse and that Anne would lead them to rule the future through her divinity. But behind all this spiritual smokescreen, there were numerous reports of severe abuse and mistreatment from former members who managed to break free from the cult. What dark and wrongful acts is the family hiding behind their spiritual beliefs? Betches Media presents Not Another True Crime Podcast. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. What acts indeed. Welcome back. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. Scary shit. We're going to get into it today. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. And you know us as your partners in Wine, Crime, and Time here on Not Another True Crime Podcast. Glad to have you back listening. Or if you're listening for the first time, glad you found us. I know. And if you are listening to us for the first time and you haven't left us a review or a rating, please do that. Give us five stars. Throw us some love. We super appreciate it. If this is your first time listening, don't even finish listening. Give the five stars, then finish listening. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go in blindly. You gotta, it's yeah, like we're the watching. trust system. You have to learn to trust yourself and others. That's This is therapy, this podcast. That's true. That's true. Well, don't trust some yoga teachers, I guess, <laughs> before we get into all that. I feel this podcast is like the encyclopedia of people not to trust. That is true. That is very accurate. I feel like if anything from doing this podcast, my trust issues have gone up. I uh, am really struggling with anything. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, today I'm excited to talk about this topic. I feel like it actually was brought to our attention by Kate Casey, right? Yeah, she was a huge, I feel, I, I wonder if she did on hers yet because she is a big, she's very much obsessed with this. Yeah, and I feel like we've also just gotten more requests to do more um, international crimes in general. We're going global. So, oh yeah. yeah, we're global. We've done we've done some before. I feel like there's a lot coming out of Australia. Canada has its fair share of yeah. uh, wild crimes too. And who was our girl who we just, you just said got the New Yorker spread? Florida Lise. Florida Lise. Oh my God, I love her. I mean, not actually, she's a psycho, but... She was a really interesting case to research. She was like this gospel singer turned cult leader who like adopted 50 children. Remember? Yeah, no, I knew that, but similarities to this That's case, true. sort of. There's That's some... true, yeah. And I was thinking that this, uh, this lady kind of reminded me of another female cult leader. First of all, we don't have enough girl bosses in the <laughs> cult industry, shouts out to breaking the glass ceiling. This is your fight song. Rachel Platten is up in here. <laughs> I know, right? I'm very proud for advancing the female cult leading community. <laughs> um, but this woman reminded me a lot of who that other lady we just covered, Amy. Um, I forgot her last name. Carlson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she yeah, love is one. I, yeah, there's a lot of uh, like a new agey spirituality that gets laced into cults. And I guess that makes sense because it's sort of like the mad libs of a Bible. <laughs> I feel like a lot right? of new age teachings can be no shade to anyone who's doing the, but you know, because it's kind of like, no, I'm Jesus. No, I'm Jesus. You know what I mean? Like uh, everyone who who's not Jesus. Oh, true. And I also wonder if there's some kind of like element of thinking like the women just being maybe more trustworthy because you don't think that a woman is going to be so brutal and cruel. That's my theory. <sighs> Look at the patriarchy is really there. Uh, it's the blaming the patriarchy. Don't blame female cult leaders. So there we I go. <laughs> right. Um, 
But let's get into this because there's quite a lot to cover. Um, Anne Hamilton Byrne was born Evelyn Edwards in 1921. And I have a lot more questions about her rebrand. I know because, you know, it's also interesting because I love the name Evelyn Edwards. I know. I, I think it's actually way more cult literary and yeah. interesting. And I'm like, oh, I'm double E. I'd be I like, guess okay, Anne Hamilton Byrne is good, too. Like that makes you sound like you're like a wealthy, like, Colum- yeah. Like, I don't know, Connecticut. It makes you sound like Anne Hathaway. So I'm just like, all right. That too. <laughs> I'll follow you. That too. Well, in any case, she was born Evelyn Edwards in 1921. And she grew up in a one road farming settlement two hours outside of Melbourne. And also before you come for me, like I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I really would feel like an asshole saying it the correct way. It's like I'm not going to if you know, if a crime happens in Spain, I'm not going to be like, and it occurred in Barcelona. Like, I'm not going to do that Barcelona. for you. So Wait, how do you say Melbourne? Isn't it like Melbourne? Oh, but I'm like, that just sounds like I'm trying to put on an Australian accent. Yeah, I have a cousin in Australia. I should talk to her more. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. So we'll be we'll be butchering to the best of our abilities. I know you should get her to like invite you over because parents lit. Yeah, they've never had COVID, so right. Or <laughs> <laughs> you can come and be like, I've seen some shit. Yeah, I'm like, hi, let's talk. Yeah. Anyway, Anne's mother Florence was from South London and chic. very chic. And her mother struggled with a bunch of mental health issues. Primarily, she was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. And she was diagnosed with this after she set her hair on fire in the street one time. Mm. And so uh, her mother, Florence, spent 27 years in a mental health institution where she eventually died. And then on the other hand, Anne's father was a sort of like temporary worker who moved around a lot for seasonal types of jobs. So she spent some of her childhood in orphanages. And honestly, this was kind of the part that did make me feel bad for her. it's it's she had a very rocky upbringing and the fact that it was just she had no foundation no really normalcy thrust upon her no like support system it was just a lot of here and there touch and go type of stuff right which we see happen a lot with i know i feel like especially with like serial killers we see that kind of thing happen a lot and also here's the other thing too Anne married her first husband when she was 20 but he died in a car accident and They had one daughter together and then apparently she and her husband were trying to adopt uh, when he died. You'll learn she's a big fan of adopting down the line. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it's like uh, (laughs) the idea that was. (laughs) And also Anne suffered a series of miscarriages. So yoga became sort of her salvation. You know, we all have our things. I have the Real Housewives. She had yoga. She has yoga. You know, sometimes you could just like sip wine looking outside your window, pretending you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know, in like Paris. A rich widow with a secret. Oh, oh my God. In my next life, I just want to be that. <laughs> a rich widow who saw something once and won't tell us all. Oh my God, yes. Um, well, that's our dream. Yeah. <laughs> but Anne was into yoga, so, you know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is interesting because at this time, yoga, I think this was around the 50s, like yoga was just starting to get big. And I say that in the way that like appropriate of white people say it in the fact that it was around for obviously like years and years and hundreds of years. Uh, but white people started discovering it. So and a little before uh, Brick Room, which we did an episode about, too. So there's that, layers of yoga mm-hmm. that I know that actually that was so shocking to me because I just assumed Bikram yoga had been around forever. And like the guy who started it is still alive. Yeah, it was started in the 70s. Yeah. Which is so insane. 
yeah, that's wild to me. But okay, so Anne got really into yoga. She became a yoga teacher and mostly for well-off middle-aged suburban women, which is like, I feel like you could take this origin story and just plop it right into 2021. <laughs> I feel like I know seven people who teach yoga for rich middle-aged suburban yeah. women. <laughs> well, just don't go to like a compound if they ever invite you. Fair. You might not come back. <laughs> yeah. And then so Anne was apparently such a good teacher that her yoga students actually became some of her first followers in the cult. She, again, big girl boss energy. She would encourage the women to leave their husbands to join her. The best weight loss? Your husband. I mean, (laughs) right? Lose 150 pounds like that. Oh, my God. If someone's 150 pounds and you're married to him, let me know. I don't know how to estimate weight. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I have no know. idea. While you're signing the divorce papers, give me his what I eat in a day video. Right. Okay. So maybe 200 pounds. Even yeah. better. There we go. Boom. More weight loss. Yeah. So this was actually really interesting because divorce was not super accepted at this time. Mm. And then Anne also attracted gay men to her following and she offered them protection from Australia's laws against homosexuality. Wow. So again, pretty interesting. I feel like this could have so many of these cult origin stories were like, and this would have actually been great if you didn't like abuse people and feed them drugs. That's if this was just like a really fun, big Airbnb of a bunch right? of divorced ladies and gay men doing yoga. That's like that's studio. That's a new Studio 54 right there. Right. That's progress. I know. <laughs> yeah, if, or if she had started some kind of grassroots organization. Instead of like a, a evil compound. Right. If they all like chipped in once a day to help anyone, it could be yeah. a very different night and yeah. day situation. Yeah. So the next big step was Anne recruited a well-known physicist from Leeds, Dr. Rainer Johnson, who was master of Queens College at Melbourne University, which I think is basically like the president. Mm-hmm. I did some light Googling. He was. Yeah. Yes. So Johnson basically got connected with Anne because he also wanted to get into spiritualism and he was really enchanted by her. He called her the new Messiah, which is Mm. strong and big word, big, 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 right. And so basically getting him on board ended up giving some kind of like legitimacy to this cult. Yeah. And he ended up writing in his diary that Anne was quote, unquestionably the wisest, the serenest and most gracious and generous soul I have ever met. Well, she got she got away with words and away with her body, I guess. you could say. Well, that. speaking of her body, she was like she was known because she was to wear pearls and Chanel perfume. And she had blonde hair and she was also like getting plastic surgery like as she aged. So as to like not appear as though she was aging. You know what? A lot a lot of what she did. I'm just gonna say I'm like, I would do that. I, not all everything she did. But you know what? I mean, like, hey, I would I would uh, detox and Botox. Maybe who knows? Who knows? Right. Yeah, I mean, I remember I did this cult one time called Buddha Field. Not that I was in it, but I, <laughs> oh, I was like, wait, <laughs> sorry. Yes. No, um, I covered it. And this the the leader of the cult was also getting plastic surgery progressively mm. and denying it. And everyone was like, dude, you have a new face. And he was just like, no, I don't. Oh, my God. They were like Dorit from Beverly Hills. Truly. I never got a nose job. It's like, hun. OK, uh, but yeah, because uh, also this. Rainer Johnson. He was kind of a peculiar guy too. He would he dabbled in a little bit of drugs and things like that, study stuff like that that we'll get into down the line. So some next stages. So Dr. Rainer Johnson and his now wife had a house in Fernie Creek outside Melbourne. And that kind of became the headquarters for this entire operation, situation, cult, you name it. The house became known as uh, Santinkatan, 
I believe I'm saying that correctly. I try, I watched a documentary of this on stars. I has oh, I, have, yeah. I have stars for four more days if anyone needs a code. Wait, for yes, it. I need it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it was and it means abode of peace. And okay. Anne lived there. So a little bit of peace. You know, sounds nice. Farney Creek. Farney Creek. Gorgeous. I would love to be at Farney Creek right now. Uh, Johnson's enthusiasm and membership lended Anne credibility so that they together were able to recruit wealthy professionals who were looking to get into like this new age spiritualism. <clears throat> and I think it's also was just, cause I feel like this is right before the, cause it, it was even happening in America too, that everyone was really jumping into like new age ways uh, mm-hmm. that after like, just like the conformity, everything like that, people were just really looking to kind of like uh, discover this aspect or this element of them slash life so it's Mm -hmm. not just like the hippies anymore it's the doctors the lawyers well was this like at the same time as or before the hippies i to me i thought it was slightly well i don't know either at the same time or maybe slightly before oh maybe it is because i don't i actually to be honest don't know like the years hippies started i was just thinking more so like this was when it was like people that are like actually being like oh i'm going to go to like into new ageism the same way that like they would go to church every Sunday. Like it'd be like a yeah, new like totally. focus routine of their life <clears throat> and social workers as well. Uh, they had weekly meditation sessions and Anne would give these discourses, which kind of were just like preachy sermon, sermon situations, which to be honest, right. <laughs> like, I've been, I've been in some yoga classes where she, she gets a little twist. She gets at the end. We're, we're talking a little bit about stuff that so I'm like, true. what's going on here. I'm like, like and just, let everything that you came into class with go and really improve, like whatever. All right. Yeah. They're like burn everything or they're like, or they overshare too much. It's like, so I haven't talked to my son in a few years and I think I'm <laughs> going to call him this week. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and you're like, good for you. Um, I'm not licensed to help with that. Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm trying to like, just do the lay down eyes closed situation. I'm not trying to get this. <laughs> yeah. <in your> life. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to do Shavasana, ma'am. Yeah. And, uh, one red flag that, I mean, it wasn't a red flag because no one really picked it up. She started collecting donations and, <laughs> this and is used my favorite. them to make a purple throne <laughs> where she would sit and deliver these discourses at the end of her yoga classes. Which like, yeah, that to me should have been the point where people were like, maybe this woman has like an ego problem and this is going to take a turn. Maybe, maybe this could take a little, little bit of a, a situation, if you will. Right. We're going to have a bit of a situation on our hands. No Jersey short. <laughs> so, okay. Now let's get into like the sort of origins of the family and what the fuck it was. Like we mentioned, New Age spiritualism was all the rage and Anne would just connect with like elite people and kind of play to their egos. She would offer them spiritual fulfillment and tell them they were special so they would join. I mean, I guess if you tell me I'm special, I'll join whatever oh, you're I'll go doing. Too. You tell me to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I have big love has won vibes. Okay. Amy claimed to be Jesus reborn as a woman. Again, feminism. Shouts out. Why haven't we had a female messiah? You hey. know, it's time. Ariana Grande, you'll believe God is a woman. Her new right. perfume coming out, not sponsored, but next. thank you. Next <laughs> smelled great. <laughs> so, love it. I'll check so, it out. I know. I'll check it out, too. I mean, I feel like you, you'll spritz it on you and then you'll just have a horde of people following you oh, everywhere. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, you'll get married. Oh, God bless. You can't. Yeah. In addition to claiming to be Jesus reborn, she also said she came from royalty and owned castles in Europe. And she's 
said that she had extrasensory perception. Mm. This really sounds like what like the kid who just like starts at your school in third grade and makes like complete lies about who they were. And then you're just like, you're from Scotch Plains. <laughs> like, not, you're not from like England in a cat. You're not fucking queen. Yeah, li- you're li- not li- Scottish. You're Scotch Plains. Or hot. <laughs> Drag them. <laughs> I also feel like, I don't know, my grade, there was definitely this girl who like made up this elaborate lie about how she was a princess. And we didn't have Google back then. So we couldn't just fact check her. Yeah. You're just like, well, shit. I guess, I guess you're we'll kind find of out. like, this can't be true. And you'd ask all your friends, like, is this, is this <laughs> true? And like, it was not. No, of course not. (laughs) So as far as the beliefs of the family go, it was kind of a mix of Christianity, Eastern mysticism and apocalyptic prophecy. Sort of like a Chipotle burrito bowl. A lot of things mixed in there. (laughs) I mean, it combined like yoga, Buddhism, Christianity, plus reincarnation. And then also the idea of total obedience to the will of the teacher. Cool. 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 Total Eclipse of the Heart. Great song. Total Eclipse. Eclipse. (laughs) Eclipse of the Heart. I really need you tonight. Oh, I'm going to play that the second we stop recording. Okay, go on. Yes. So their motto was unseen, unknown, unknown, unheard. And they managed to be kind of unseen, unknown and unheard for a while Mm -hmm. because I feel like they were existing throughout the 60s and 70s and like into the 80s without getting caught. But Really, what they believed was that they were creating a master race that would survive the apocalypse and rule the world afterwards. And I just have to say, cults need to branch out, okay? Like, all (laughs) of your central thesis is about the apocalypse. Like, give us something else. Like, throw in a little, yeah, like a little razzle-dazzle. Like, it's kind of getting so, that's how I'm like, I feel like like cults are now, like, it's sort of like how, like, fashion always copies one another so everything just looks yep. the same it's like we need a little bit of a spice like what could what would entice me to join your cult over all the other ones that i could pass on the street yeah all the cults are the same why should i join your <laughs> apocalyptic space cult over this apocalyptic space cult when they kind of believe the same things they really it's they like both the are like well the world's gonna blow up and we're gonna ascend into a spaceship and it's like why is your spaceship better than this one yeah exactly and that's also because i'm like oh wait so y'all know and i feel like if i was in a cult and some another cult would be like no, the world is ending like three weeks before you're saying it's ended. I'd be like, ha no. But then I'd be like, ha ha, wait, what? Like, I'd just be like pulling up all my fucking almanacs, trying yes. to be like, what's going on here? It's too many mixed signals. Truly, like in Parks and Rec, when the <laughs> the satirical Scientologists are like, oh, we need to book the park for the end of the world, uh, which we've calculated to be May 19th. And then Leslie Nope is like, ooh, we have an ice cream social that day. And they're like, oh, right, May, May 20th. That's the end of the world. Forgot to carry the one. <laughs> That's so funny. Ah, great show. Great show. So the family also studied the writing of various questionable gurus like Meher Baba, who believed that he was his era's manifestation of God. And also they studied everybody's favorite cult leader, Rajneesh. I mean, the infamous. Wow, what a throwback. What a TBT. Loved that cult. I was like, oh, my God, that's like two. That's two quarantines ago, even though we weren't in quarantine. I feel like that's how I'll measure years now. (laughs) I know. And. They also actually, I feel like on like some calls that we read about, they actually did practice rituals in a temple, but this temple was surrounded by barbed wire gates and electronic security. Hmm. Oh, no, no. That's not really seem No stained glass there. (laughs) No, no. And they did live in the countryside um, and there were more than 200 members at its height. So this was like, as I was reading this, I was surprised because I feel like someone told us about this and they made it sound like this sort of fringe cult, but there were a lot of fucking people in this cult. No, it was like, it was popping. This cult was the place to be. It was like, everyone's there. And I feel like it's the perfect 
it was the timing of it. And you have like the people from both spectrums. You have the people that are super into like a doctor professional's advice. And you have the people that are like getting the yoga healing. So those are two sides. And the Venn diagram, that's like both of those people. So you're just swarming with everything. Yeah. And what else you're swarming with? Which is where it gets a little bit creepy. This is where it gets extra weird and actually terrifying and torturous and evil. Children. Yeah, this is the scary part. A lot of children uh, come into play here. And around this time in the 70s, adoption wasn't well regulated in Australia. And it was very, uh, and also at the same time, having children out of wedlock was highly stigmatized. And this is where the... uh, Almost an entire, the documentary I watched was three episodes. The entire second episode almost was all about how adoption was lack thereof regulated. Like they would have mothers go in who are pregnant, soon to be mothers, pregnant women go in. And if they weren't with a, if they didn't have someone to help them raise the kid, or if they wasn't in a family, they weren't married, they had a completely different like wing for them in what? the hospitals. And they would truly, this was just one woman saying this. I mean, I'm sure the doctor said grain of salt with the documentary. When the women were giving birth, they would put a pillow over the mom's head. No. Not to kill her, but they'd put a pillow over her and sedate her. And they would just like, um, like, like not even a C-section, but just like more so help remove the baby uh, vaginally. So the mother couldn't turn back her decision or keep the baby. Oh my God. So she wouldn't really be able to see her kid being born and then they would just whisk away the baby. Mm-hmm. And I think it was kind of a thing where like you're going to that wing. So, you know, there is going to be an adoption process down the line, but I feel there's a lot. I mean, so are no- you like voluntarily giving up your kid or no? <clears throat> well, on paper, it was more so voluntarily, but I feel like the societal implications of it are what led to so many women oh doing it because it's like, yep. they were like, you either adopt, give your, your kid for adoption or you'd be extradited in your community for having a baby out of wedlock or having something like that. Yeah. And also, I mean, like you hear about this sometimes on the flip side, sadly, where like um, a woman gives birth and was supposed to give her kid up for adoption, but then sees the baby and is like, I need to keep this baby. This is my baby. These women didn't have a chance to do that. I feel like that that happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. So these women did not have a chance to do that. With all that to say, put two plus two together and started bringing a lot of babies into the cult because there were just a surplus of babies who weren't were either born to be adopted or born and taken from their mother. So they had probably because her um, doctors involved, they had a very close system where family hospitals would use family midwives to deliver family babies and the family, all capital F's social workers would falsify these adoption papers. So yeah, they can no, kind this of get the- where I was kind of confused. And I wonder if the documentary went into this, like how did they get, like, did they build hospitals or they just sort of infiltrated their own people in like these wings that you were so- talking about? Because th- what they, it was just like the setup. It was a different wing. And I mean, they didn't, they were like went into like some descriptions of it where it's like these wings also were unfortunately not like, they kind of were just like, yeah, this is the adoption where it's like not a lot of people checking up on it. You know what I mean? Not it's like super like, regulated. Yeah, exactly. And then I think like they had an in with it and it's a smaller wing because it's only like, it's like, a ward of it you know what i mean like a d- different yeah, department totally. so like once you know Yikes. the person at the top there it was kind of just for lack of for, for and smooth sailing where they can just have it as a streamlined system and the people were just kind of like i think it's also sadly one of those things that people don't really care what was happening to the babies they're just like, right they're that's getting true. out of the hospital that's fucked up all right sure speaking of fucked up and told most of the children she was their birth mother and so she would fake pregnancies wearing homemade schmocks and everything like that. That's weird. That's like, 
I was trying to think of a TV reference, but I feel like that happens in TV plots a lot. Oh, it's just, oh, yeah. They just wear like a fake pregnancy belly. To be like, well, and it's just like so fake. It's kind of just like ballooned up. Yeah. If you are looking for some of the survivors of this cult's point of view, I do recommend the documentary because a lot of them are talking about like the process of like trying to, we can get into this at the end, but like trying to like find out who they actually are or like who their parents were because all the paperwork that they had was falsified. So they didn't, and like back in the fucking seventies, there's not like a DNA data. We, we didn't have crimes in the fucking nineties when getting proper DNA. So like, just like, right. Oh my God. Help us trying to break free from any of that. So Anne ended up adopting 28 children. The adoptions, like we said, were mostly fake or the kids were gifts from followers. That is such a yikes. It's just, it's terrifying. How it's is your just, kid a gift? And it's one of those things like, just like, obviously people who join cults are also misguided and struggling and looking for something, but to like fucking bring a child who had no free will into this and is just like forced right. into it is just so disgusting. Totally. Yeah. So she wanted the members to become the members of the master race. We've heard that phrase be fucking for. Uh, I know. See, again, it's always about a master race. It's always about the apocalypse. Switch it up. Switch it. The, um, as Missy Ellie would say, downright flip it and reverse it. Yeah. It's girl from Manipit Town. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I actually love like, that you attempted that because I was like going to try, but I was like, I don't, <laughs> nobody knows what she says. It's one of the great mysteries of the universe. It is. what it, I think it's something in back. It's, she says she the says, line backwards. I put my thing, thing down, flip it and reverse it backwards. But then yeah. what is that? Like, I don't know how to translate that into like sounds. You know who probably can? Allison Stoner. <laughs> now that bitch starts a cult. Uh, call me. <laughs> right. So kind of with this, soon she dressed the children up in identical clothes and bleached their hair platinum blonde. I read that they were all wearing like Von Trapp kid clothing, like velvet and and just like creepy shit. We've definitely put it on our stories before. Not another true crime. And I mean, they they literally do look like the Von Trapps. They really do. And in the doc, too, there were clips of her being like, why is everyone thinking comparing it to the Aryan race? I'm like, that's what you're like. It's sort of night and day how they you're trying to why? make this. Why? What do you mean? Because they're all. Oh, no, she blind. she was saying. Yeah, she was confused. She's like, "What do you say? Like, where do people get that from?" It's like, look at a fucking Gee. history. Book. Is she serious? Put that down is. your yoga mat and read a history book for oh once. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So the children were apparently housed in lodges two hours away from the main base of the cult. Not shockingly, the kids were homeschooled because uh, <laughs> a lot of books would tell them a little bit different than what they're being taught and what they're being learned about. Right. She subjected these kids to routine beatings, emotional abuse, and starvation. And her preferred method of beating was with a stiletto, which is just... That's fucked. Oh, so fucked and painful. Mostly Anne said she didn't do the beatings herself, though, and left the dirty work to the quote-unquote aunties, uh, some middle-aged female followers. Give me handmaid style vibes with that, too. Oh, that's like true. the ants, yeah, you know what I mean? Just being like, have the ants do your Yeah, who are just like doing her dirty yeah. work. And these kids would be like they would be punished truly for being a kid. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like they were. I mean, what could you fucking do on this campground they were trapped in? They'd be starved for minor things like having dirty clothes or forgetting to shut off the lights. I did both of those truly today when I went out to get a coffee. Seriously? Yeah. She also gave the kids doses of Valium and uh, Mogadon, and she was 
So I don't know what that is, but I know what value is, obviously. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't think any of them should just be like willy nilly given to kids. And she yeah. also forced the followers, allegedly, including children, to take a lot of LSD. Like a fuck ton. And this is kind of what the doctor weirdly had a lot of specialty in doing. Like they had a hospital in New Haven, not Connecticut. Don't be as stupid as I was. And while watching the documentary, I was like, how are they flying to New Haven so much in Connecticut? There's a place, one <laughs> word, New Haven in Australia. <laughs> And they would go there and just like, he would be doing experiments there, giving people micro doses of LSD just, I guess, to fucking see what's happening with it. So he had a long history of LSD administration in quote unquote patients. Here, there's just people that are kidnapped. And they would also, on top of this, give other hallucinogens as part of initiation rituals. And they would do this when the kids were around 14 or so. I tried to find out. I don't know why they totally started it then. I don't know if it's something about like that's when puberty or adolescence kind of kicks off, but it was very bad. I wonder if that's something about it or like, you know, maybe before this age, they're kind of she can lie to them and they'll believe it. And then Mm. once I mean, once you turn 14, I think even before that, because kids are actually really smart. But I think at that point, too, they're definitely like more of their own people and they're not just believing like oh, you're pregnant? No, we can see that you're wearing like a, a pillow under your shirt or whatever. Exactly. Oh, that is very true. That's very true. So that's probably why they tried that's to That's just my that. theory. I believe that. I co-signed that. So it was really bad though. This, I mean, not shockingly giving a lot of teenagers LSD frequently. It's not good for them. Uh, Some suffered yeah. personality changes for months after and they what they said they were doing this was to take members back to the past lives so they could better understand their own weaknesses and according to the new age, why they had been condemned to yet further tormented existence on earth. That's oh, real. And this that is sounds the- like when I get drunk and introspective. Oh God. This, that's <laughs> like, why me- am I tormented on this earth? Like to every Uber driver, me in the backseat, like, right? so like, why do you think we've been condemned? Like, what is going on? And I'd be like, can you put on <laughs> Z100? <laughs> Love it. Put on 100.3, please. And then what she would do, I know when she would start to like microdism a little bit, she would go to these uh, kids and patients and being like, who is Jesus? And to get them to say like, you're Jesus. She's like, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. Oh my God. Like if you're saying that's that like, to people on LSD, they're going to wake up being like, oh, you are Jesus. You know what I mean? That's fucked up. But it makes me think of one of you will betray me tonight. Is it me, Jesus? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that TikTok sound. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and the drugs were like, yeah, so they had the medical professionals kind of like the wherewithal of the doctor to kind of like get this going because he was a fucking psycho and did this for a while. Yeah. Um, Although I like the thing is they weren't like I read that they weren't microdose like they were given a fuck ton of LSD. Oh, yeah. They, they were, started off microdosing. It star- and that's also how it started um, when they were just kind of getting into the whole idea of using LSD for the cult. Makes sense. Just because they were they were just doing they were playing fucking games with just other patients just be in the in a hospital being like oh what happens if we give them a little bit of LSD and then they would really up it up and up and up it yeah. so they would just be fucking high as high all the fucking time oh yeah um, at one point the group literally had control of the mental hospital and one survivor of the cult said followers had to do whatever Anne said that included what to think what to wear what to eat who to marry and who not to marry. As cults and do. As cults, you know? I'm like, I'm also I'm like, where the fuck, who, where are they meeting people to marry? You have them trapped I know, in a you're on cabin. this compound. Like, yeah, where, yeah. I don't know. And this is what's crazy to me. According to the Australian Herald Sun, in the 80s, police estimated that Hamilton Burns' wealth alone was more than 50 million 
Australian dollars. This is why. Yeah, this is what I don't get about this cult, because it seems just like this random fringe cult. But she must have been really powerful and well known if she got this much money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other weird thing is that this group didn't really seem to be under that much scrutiny until 1982 when a report from The Age came out. It was a really good report. Mm -hmm. So apparently how it all kind of came crumbling down was the property where the children were housed, which also they were housed like two hours away, I think, from the main property, which is bizarre. Like, what are these kids doing all day with no adult supervision? True. Um, But so this property was registered as a private tuition center and the age started like poking around, you know, journalism. So in 1982, a departmental inspector told these reporters that the kids were well cared for and educationally, they were actually like outperforming other children their age, which like is very sus. Definitely don't believe it. No, they're outperforming them on LSD use. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's that's it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, they tried, but it didn't like they didn't nothing big came out of this, except that it kind of spurred this investigation. Um which ended up being like two years in the making that uh, started around like 1985. Mm-hmm. So in 1987, police raided the cult after acting on information from two children who escaped. They ended up taking six children into custody, age 12 through 17. And they also seized a bunch of prescription and non-prescription drugs and passports and photos, all that jazz. And the cult had gathered 150,000 Australian dollars through property, land and cash donated by the followers. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So then Anne ran away and hid overseas. She was eventually arrested on minor fraud charges in 1993. She she had owned property in upstate New York. And I think that's probably where she was. She was extradited from the U.S. The fraud charges. This is the craziest part, too, because the fraud charges just stemmed from the fake birth certificates like Nothing about abuse, nothing about, I don't know, the drugs. It was the just, oh, you fake some birth yeah. certificates. Yeah, that's what fucked her over. And the, this is the biggest like slap in the face was that she and her second husband, Bill Byrne, all they got was literally a $5,000 fine and no jail time. That is fucked. Yeah, seriously fucked. And Anne ended up dying in 2019 when she was fucking 98 years old. And she, she was life. suffering from dementia. So I, I know like there was one article I read about these people were trying to make a documentary and like, you know, she was not interviewable because she the disease had like yeah. progressed so much. But she just wow, she really got away with it. She got away with that, lived a long life. And also the yeah. way, she didn't even know what COVID was. She missed this. She missed the, the other torture. So she really got a lot of luck going on for her. That is it's so, so true. insane how she did not have any jail time. That is just like the most upsetting part. No jail time, nothing for her husband. I don't know. I mean, I guess he was involved in the cult, but she was really the, you know, the ringleader of it all. Britney Spears, the ringleader. She calls the shots. Exactly. (laughs) All eyes on me in the center of the cult. Just like another cult leader icon. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Unintentional. Yeah. Unintentional. Yeah. I just, I feel so bad for the people who escaped. God, every who survived just knowing that, there was literally nothing done to this woman. How like you a five thousand dollar fine. Is would just, that would make me blood boil. And then also, you're like, oh, I need to rebuild my fucking life from this woman. Yeah. And I have, I don't even know who my biological parent is or my parents are. I don't have a family foundation because I like, I, what is, what do I do? 
Yeah. I mean, that would be a thing that would also make me turn into like a lobbyist and try to like get the laws changed because Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, maybe, I don't know, like adoption wasn't regulated. And I don't know if that had to do with it, but surely the abuse would be a crime. Yeah. Well, Um, there was a, um, I know. Well, I'm just, I just know it's called DIFUS here, but um, oh, Child Protective Services, if there was like right. that to regulate check-ins on where adopted kids are going, anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is just the biggest slap in the face. Oh, God. It's so, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. This whole cult is so creepy. Luckily, what's not creepy or heartbreaking, well, I don't know, actually, because I don't know what it is yet, is the game with Jorge. Well, let's see if it's creepy. Today's game might be a little creepy. Ooh. So cults are creepy, but today (laughs) we are going to make our own cults. Oh, we've been talking about this for so long. This is our dream. Today's game is called Build a Cult. Like build a bear. <laughs> oh my god! And yeah, I'm gonna lead you through a series of prompts for Ooh. each of you to create Ooh. your own cult from beginning to end. Ooh. And after it, you will each do a little show and tell. It will give us your pitch Ooh. for your cult and show us what you have come up with. The winner of today's game is actually going to be decided by our loving listeners. Ooh. We're going to post oh. both of these cults on the Instagram. So oh. join. Not another true crime. And you will vote, and next week we will tell you who the winner is. Oh, I like well, that. That's going to be fun. Okay. I love a little interaction. Get a piece of paper, and let's do this. I'm going to use my notes app on my phone. I'm using paper. I'm truly cold. I'm just like, I don't feel like getting up and finding paper. That is so cold. It's laziness. All right. First up, the most important part. What is the hook for your cult what is going to entice people to follow you we actually is it a perfect socialist utopia polyamory salvation Mm. what is what is that hook that's going to keep people coming back okay next up you will serve as the leader of your cult of course oh boy but how are people required to call you are you the one, the almighty, the menace, the, menace. the beauty? Oh, my God. Oh, the beauty. Okay, that's fun. I'm adding to mine. <laughs> Is your title going to be like a paragraph? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. My cult will have to read. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, apart from a good hook and a charismatic leader, check, check. The cults also need a good catchy name. So what is Ooh. the name for your cults? Is it the family, the branch Davidians? Love has mm. one. It's top what one. We, what are we calling it? Cool. All right. Next up, what are your followers wearing? Is it Ooh. red robes or black hoodies? Flip-flops and Hawaiian shirts? What are we working with? All right, I like that. <laughs> Danny's liking his cult. I- I'm loving it. I'm like, this cult is like mm-hmm. my life. <laughs> All right. All good cults need money to keep the party going. So how is your cult making money? How are they bringing the cash in? So delis, yoga classes, essential oils seems to be a common one. And lastly, 
all good cults must come to an end. Oh. So how is your cult getting busted? Mm. Is it the police breaking it up? Are your followers deserting you for a sexier cult? Do you just get mm. bored and dissolve it? What's happening? All right. I feel like this is a good way to go. Well, congratulations, both of you. You have both made a cult. Ha! Who would like to share Can't their wait. beautiful cult first? I'll go first. All right, Danny. Let's go. So I promise them they're enticed through eternal youth. That's a good one. Love yeah. it. Uh, you greet me and everyone else because we're all the same as Hey Han in harmony. So you have to greet oh the God, person yes. with that. Our name is The Click, C-L-I-Q-U-E-5. That's so it's a like good name. The Click Books wow. with Click 5. This is we, good. We wear silk robes and yoga pants. <laughs> Love it. Comfort. Comfort over function. Oh, that always. One. We make our money by, because we have a tech person in our cult, and they have they are adding random dollar charges on every seamless purchase. So no one fights it because it's just a dollar, but it's pocket it. it's going into our pocket. And we get caught because we all win backstage passes to Fifth Harmony's reunion tour, which is so exciting. But Allie yes. Brooke, Allie Brooke is now a host on Oxygen and she uncovers us. And it was all a setup. Oh God. That's how we go. Flew too yeah. close to the sun. Too close to Normani. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great cult. All right, we have Danny's. The click on one corner. What do we have Damn. on the other corner, Sarah? Okay, well, listen, it's not a regular cult, it's a cool cult, guys, <laughs> because I'm gonna promise you free wine and shit talking people that we hate, which we are gonna wow. do on our podcast for which we'll have a Patreon, and that's how we're gonna get money. Um, oh, yeah, you don't have to call me anything because again, I'm a cool cult leader, nothing weird. You huh. just have to help me take Instagrams and also help me find my angles and then tell me the pictures are good. Very oh. easy stuff. We're going to call ourselves the crew again because we're very laid back and relaxed. And uh, we're just going to copy my wardrobe, which is mostly crop tops and high-waisted stuff in neutral colors. Lots of black. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> the downfall is that I'm going to get arrested for defamation for too much shit talking on the podcast. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> and then everything will come crumbling down. Oh, this sounds a little too close to reality, Sarah. <laughs> you, better, you have to be careful with that. Yeah, are you currently in a cult, girl? <laughs> I mean, you're listen. like your other podcast now. Am I the cult leader? <laughs> Am I the cult leader? I know. I mean, once I stop paying for wine, then this will officially be a cult. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so once I get a wine sponsorship, there we go. Those are both amazing cults. So guys, go and vote for your favorite cult. Let's see which cult you were joined. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah Ooh, honestly, Danny's is like way more set up. I was just like, <laughs> let's just have a fun friend group with a <laughs> little like, touch of narcissism. Sarah's like, just like, just looking for someone to take photos with me when I'm at happy hour. <laughs> I mean, like, Wearing come what on. I already wear every day. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm into it. And we're all going to match. <laughs> all right. But yeah, please vote for that. Yeah, guys. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see whose cult you join. Yes, vote for the call on not another true crime and whoever wins will win. And if you don't vote for one of our cults, don't worry. We're still friends. We're still. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. We're still with you. We're still with you. You can you can you can, you have to pick one, but you can join both. It's fine. Yes, totally. Open membership. Honestly, maybe we need like a pyramid scheme structure. That would be fun. Oh, now I'm into that. 
But other than that, I think that just about wraps up today's episode. So please rate, review, and subscribe. And like I mentioned, follow us on Instagram and not another true crime. Honestly, our stock is going up, guys. We're really blowing we're vibing. up. We're vibing. We're vibing. So you can say you were like a day one fan. Follow us. <laughs> and also, speaking of day one fans, join our Facebook group. It's not another yes. true crime group. Please just answer the questions. That's all I ask of you. Uh, Otherwise, it's a fun time. We post about like true crimes that are happening right now. We post about theories, any updates to famous cases. Um, like when Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell Ooh, got yeah. finally, finally uh, indicted. You know, we posted about that. Lots of discussions. It's a good time. So join the group. And um, you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lameem. And you can follow me at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. And as always, we thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.